0: How's it going, everyone? This is Dr. Chris Van here with another episode of the Odyssey Performance Podcast. I am joined today by Nikki Jackson, pro soccer player. Super excited to talk to him. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about his journey becoming a pro and then also a little bit about a recent injury that he picked up and he is currently conquering. So, how's it going, Nikki? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Um, well, let's start with tell us about you. Who is Nikki Jackson?
1: Uh man, crazy. I feel like in the short 25 years I've been alive, I, I've kind of done a lot. I feel like um, I was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, grew up and uh, moved out to Tennessee when I was like two years old, Memphis, Tennessee. I lived out to Tennessee when I was around like 12 years old. Then moved to uh, Arizona. My dad got a job in Arizona, which is probably one of the best things for me because uh, uh, around in like the early 2000s, soccer wasn't super heavy in the South. In the East, I mean, not not the East Coast, but the South. more So it was more because this is before Academy. uh, I think when it came to club soccer, the West Coast is where you want to be. And uh, so I found a home in Arizona for about 10 years and uh, grew up there for the most part. I I call it a Scottsdale, Arizona home. And uh, I've just been out there, went to uh, high school there, middle school did Academy out there, went to college there as well, got drafted out of Arizona. So it's definitely a place I call home. But, I mean, for the most part, I've been all over the place. I've, uh, between Scottsdale, like moving to Arizona until the pros, a lot has happened. I, I lived in Brazil for about uh, three different times for about a year. Uh, first time I went, I was 12 years old. I went there for three <laughs> months by myself. My parents, my dad just like, go, go, Nikki, enjoy it. But honestly, it was it was uh, one of the most life changing experiences for me as a uh, not only an athlete, but as a person in general. It really uh, I really grasped that like perspective of like how blessed and fortunate we all are in America to grow up in America with so many opportunities and so much ahead of us, even though you don't think we have that because we're so used to this standard, you know. And so uh, being in Brazil multiple times. I gained a second family up there. I stayed with the foster family all three times and uh, learned a language, Portuguese, and uh, met some amazing people, gained a lot of knowledge in soccer as well. I came back to Arizona after that, um, moved out to California with my dad because at the time, California was the best place to play in club soccer. Uh, I was playing for the number one team in the country, West Coast FC, for about two years. Went back to Arizona, went to college, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to me, but uh, I think overall, I think uh, Nicky himself is just a very outgoing, adventurous, like hardworking athlete that's just had like so much adversity and blessings all at once, which is which made me who I am today.
0: That's awesome, man. That's so. Tell me a little more about Brazil, actually. So you went three different times, all just for. Playing purposes, or were you down there just to study? How how did that Proc- come Proc- about?
1: yeah, so I've actually been. Uh, I feel like I, I like. I, I usually tell this. I feel like my journey to where I've been, just where I'm at today, because I have a lot more in my life to go. But my journey to this point today at 25, uh, I've, I've I've been homeschooled four different times. I've been I've been I've been in like four different high schools. I just feel like I have bounced quite a while like around quite a bit, but, uh, uh, for the most part in Brazil, I was homeschooled every time I was in homeschool. I went to school for a little bit there, just kind of pick up the language, but it was mostly strictly soccer. Okay. And it's crazy. Like, uh, when I was, I think it was, yeah, the first time I went there, I was 12 years old. So I was playing with U13s and it's crazy because I was the top player in my, uh, my team in America in Scottsdale. And I went out to, uh, Brazil they saw me train for a few times, and no, actually they didn't see me train. Before they saw me train, they just suspected that I wasn't like good enough because I was American. Yeah. So they put me, they put me with the U nines at 12 years old. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, it was still like I was I was doing well, but like those U nines, those nine year olds could play, and so uh, after a few days they bumped me up and bumped me up again. But it's just crazy the like. The um uh, the lifestyle they live they live soccer you know yeah they they live it and breathe it and I think that's the one thing with America that lacks with uh soccer is we have so many different things going so many different opportunities mm-hmm. yeah you can go to school get your degree get an amazing job that pays a lot of money or you can play football basketball baseball hockey you know the the the, the opportunities are endless so I think yeah. the thing with America soccer that why we aren't getting to where these top countries is is because Brazil, it's soccer. For the, for certain people, soccer or nothing. You know, they yeah. don't have the opportunity to go to school or get a great job or do this or that. You know, they have soccer or they have construction or nothing against construction, but like they have they have yeah. like two three options. Yeah. You know, they don't have much. And so, uh, funny story. It was the first time I went, when I was in Brazil. The first time they uh, they put me in school. And I was in class and the teacher was like hey um I'm gonna be right back I gotta talk to the principal so they click like within like five minutes they cleared the desk they put two shoes on each side of two shoes I like <laughs> the field they had a they, they gained all this they, we got all our socks together and built a, a soccer ball with socks and they were just playing 2v2 tournament. For, like, five minutes. <laughs> in The middle of the classroom, the, the teacher was gone. I could not believe it, dude. It was It cra- it was it was one of the, like, craziest thing I've ever seen. But it yeah. just goes to show, like, they live and breathe it. Like, whenever they can play, they do it, you know? And I think that's one of the, the biggest things I gained from Brazil is, like, falling in love with soccer even more than I was already in love with it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can see the passion the Brazilians had for it. And it kind of translated to me. So I I was able to bring that back to America, which really excelled my game quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And so, okay. So touching when they put you with the U9s as a 12-year-old, I mean, coming from being the top, one of the top players on the squad to throwing in with the U9s, like hopefully you didn't understand the language well enough to know that they were U9s other than you were a little bigger than them. But that's got to be a little kick to the ego, right? I mean, when you're sent down with them. So Mm Coming up, and I've talked to a couple different people about this, but when guys go from being top on their club to being a freshman in college and you're not always top on your college squad for a year, two years, so you get used to it, and then you go to the pros and you're kind of bottom tier again, right? Versus the guys that have been on the team for 10 different seasons. If playing the MLS, then you may have an international pro who got bored playing overseas and wanted to come play in the MLS. So – yeah do you feel like your time in Brazil kind of prepared you that you're not always going to be the best on a team and how to deal with that psychologically? Cause I know a lot of players, star players pitch fits when they're not getting their minutes or they're not where they think they deserve to be.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, Brazil definitely helped, but I think that point in my, uh, the point that really got me to that mentality where preparing me for the pros was actually college and going up in college because I actually I played for the Real Real Salt Lake MLS Academy okay. growing up, and a bunch of my teammates they went straight pro out of like homegrown straight out of high school, yeah. And then others went to top colleges to make it pro, but for me I went to a small I went to Grand Canyon University, a small D1 college in, in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. And I think for me it was more so being able to go to a smaller school. And knowing that, like, I wasn't going to get the exposure, and the the teams looking at me like like North Carolina or West, uh, Wake Forest or, you know, Maryland those top those top tier colleges for soccer would get that exposure. So I think going there because I, I mean I mean, I had an amazing college career, and but I was still at a very tiny school. Yeah. And coming coming out of uh, college, I think I was the top score out of college in my draft class but i went um for last round in the draft i was i was 73rd overall out of 80. and it just kind of it, and like for me it wasn't i wasn't even i wasn't even knocked by it i think i think my ego went away a long time ago starting yeah. from Brazil, just kind of risen from there yeah. where it, i became very humble and just very self-confident in myself yeah. You know, so my ego kind of went out the door a long time ago, and especially when it came to college, knowing that I had all these accolades and I had all these trophies and winning offensive player of the year and having all like being the top one to, uh, up for um, player of the year in college soccer. But I think for me, mentally, I've always had this mentality. I guess you can say a chip on my shoulder kind of yeah. where yeah. I've never had to had that ego where it hurts me so coming to the pros when i came to preseason i was they drafted six players i was the last draft pick they drafted two in the first two in the second one the third and and then me last and uh for me i wasn't worried one bit i knew when i when i was going to play i was going to show the the coaches what i had and they end up cutting all draft picks except me and signed the sixth round the fourth round pick cutting everyone else so i think for me uh ego has never really been a problem with me because i mean from a young age i've had my ego snap like <laughs> at 12 years old in brazil yeah. you know yeah so uh it's been a very humbling experience and but like the self-confidence i have in myself mm-hmm. which i think you have i think that goes a very very long in whatever you do whatever profession you you, you go towards yeah. um i think self-confidence for me has really brought me to where i'm at today
0: yeah all right so let's get into the hard stuff so Going off that self-confidence, so you picked up your ACL and meniscus tear, right, in preseason? Is that right?
1: Just ACL, just ACL. Just ACL,
0: ACL. no meniscus. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, So what is – just talk about the mentality of when that moment happened.
1: Yeah, man, that was was really crazy. Um, So, like, this year was supposed to be my mindset – my GMs, my agents was, this is gonna be my contract year, this year show out, get the big contract. And so I was ready for that. And uh, um, in preseason, I uh, tore my ACL and I remember the moment I was like, so like in disbelief that like when I tore it, I got up in my adrenaline and just like, in so like disagreement with what's actually happened. I want to go back out on the field and keep playing. <laughs> And my trainer was like, no, no, like, was check it out. He knew what it was, but he didn't want to get me to it. So he kept it to himself, but he knew what it was. So, I mean, it was, a, uh, it was weird because I think in my head, I knew what it was, but everyone, my family, my friends, my fiance, they're saying, oh, you don't know yet, but I knew it, you know, yeah. you know, you know, you know your body. So I think one of those things for me was. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't want to say it's sad. I think it didn't really hit me that I was going through a ACL tear injury until after surgery when I started my rehab yeah. and realized like, wow, like I have a lot of rebuilding to do, and this is not going to be like a a one month two like two month thing. This is going to be a a process and it kind of hit me. But uh, again, with my mentality, I mean, there's, there's obviously days where, and I think this goes in life in general, there's going to be days where, I mean, there's, it's a constant battle with your mind, you know, you got to stay above it, you know? And I think that's one thing I really gained with this year, especially with everything that happened with COVID, the quarantine, you know, black lives matter movement. I think the one thing that's so important is that you, you, it's a constant battle every day against your own mind, you know, and especially being with the injury going through everything. I think uh, I, I gained a lot out of this year with this injury and rehab. I'm still going through it. I'm, I'm pretty much fully there now. Yeah. I'm at the end stages, but um, it was really tough because um, I tore my ACL. And I, when I got surgery, which is March 10th, that's right when uh, the quarantine lockdown happened. <laughs> so the first two months I was only able to get into the facility twice a week for yes. like 40 minutes. So I kind of, I like that kind of hurt me too, because it kind of slowed down my rehab. Like, yeah. the interior, you, know, you, you need to be right on top of it. Every day, oh, yeah. doing what you're doing. And so, um, yeah, it kind of slowed me down. So, I mean, obviously 2020 has been, uh, was tough for my rehab. I think overall mentally, um, I stayed with it and now I'm in, a, I'm in a great place and I'm still not there, but uh, I think where I'm going is great. And I think the rehab has been very hard, but then again, I go back to my uh, self-confidence and my belief in myself, which goes so far and, and that's where I'm at, where I am today. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, so had you ever gone through rehab or anything even kind of mediocre or minor? At all, or is this your first like experience um, rehab?
1: The worst injury other before this was a pulled hamstring. Okay. So like a three week recovery. Yeah.
0: Different world altogether.
1: Yeah. yeah, different, different, different injury completely. So is yeah, this
0: what I, you thought rehab would be.
1: Hmm. I mean. No, honestly, no. I, like like I said earlier, I thought it hit me once I started rehab. I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I thought i will be back. I was like, a few months, like this, that. But I didn't expect to see how, like, one thing that I've learned when it comes to an ACL tear, if you want to get back, especially at a, to play in an elite level, mm-hmm. it's preparation, dedication, mentality, motivation. It's like an everyday battle, yeah, you know the everyday thing, and I, I see that now. It's, it's, it's a, but like I didn't expect that, but I'm glad that. And the one thing that I've, I've told my coaches and uh, the GM, I was like, honestly, being injured is one of the best things that's ever happened to me because I've obviously loved the game, but I like one thing that happens with a lot of players is once they get pro, they kind of forget what hard work is like or yeah. especially a, a younger player they forget the hard work because they're here now and they don't realize the hard work is still this every day yeah. and what that's happened with me uh with being injured is it made me re-fall in love with the grind the grind of working hard and that satisfaction of putting in the work and eating healthy and doing what you got to do because it all comes together nutrition fitness working out all of it you know and uh, I think that's one of the biggest things I've gained out of being injured. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of people that when they tear their ACL and they're doing their research, they're like, okay, this is the timeline. This is what day I should be doing double leg squats on. This is the day I should be on the Bosu ball. But people yeah. don't. I feel like a lot of people overlook like just the mental aspect of it's not just the determination of I'm going to get better from here, but it's that initial knockdown of I was up here. And then this thing just took me to like ground zero right away without anything that was like my fault. And a lot of people have a hard time coming back from that for sure. Yeah. So I think it's awesome you touched on that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, people don't realize the knockdown. And I think that knockdown is just what a lot of people need, you know, to really kind of re-triggered and reset. And I think that's what happened with me. I think think, uh, I'm in a position now where – this injury has not only helped me for the short term, but long term, my whole life, you know, yeah. I got, yeah. I got a personal trainer. I got like all these different people helping me out where it's going to influence my whole lifestyle, you know, for the rest of my life. My nutrition now is 10 times better. I mean, as a kid, like before I was unhealthy before I was un- injured, excuse, injured, I was eating Domino's having a good time going <laughs> food Cause I knew I would burn it that quick and it'd be this and that, but I mean, now that I have this, I got a nutritionist. I think the things that I'm learning throughout this injury, yeah, it's going to go beyond soccer. Like the mentality, the nutrition, just everything. It's just going to make me a healthy and better person. You know, for
0: sure, that's yeah. awesome, man. Um, all right, so what's next? What's next for you? You said you're uh, almost back to playing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I'm actually training now. Uh, unfortunately, I won't even say unfortunately. I, uh, the, the Colorado Rapids didn't pick up my option. so I won't be back with the Rapids uh, next season. But, I mean, I can honestly say from by my heart, uh, the Rapids made my dream come true, being a professional soccer player. Yeah. I've had the best three years of my life here. I, uh, I, I started my little family here. I met my best friends here. So, I mean, no, nothing against the Rapids. I understand them. I respect it. I love them. I'll always love them. They'll always be one of my favorite teams. Yeah, But for now, uh, yeah, I got a few different options. So there you go. we'll see what happens. I mean, at the end of the day, my mindset, uh, I'm letting my agent do that work, but my yeah. mindset, um, work hard and be ready, you know, yeah. stay, stay ready. So you have to get ready, you know?
0: Yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome. And so since not having the contract picked up, have you noticed, like, is there a change in resources that you have available to you as far as your rehab concerned?
1: Um, No. Uh, that's one thing that I think the MLS has done a really good job with cool. is making sure if you get injured within your contract. Yeah, there so basically, if you get injured within your contract, they basically are going to provide you with everything you need until you pass your physical and able to go and play. Awesome. So, graphics are not, I'm going to have everything I need, which is one of the biggest things that yeah. I mean, player needs. You know that that would suck. You know to get injured at the end of the season and they don't pick you up and then uh you're left on your own you know that would be terrible but I think the rap the uh the rapids and the must have done a really good job with making sure that uh their players are taken care of
0: Dude, that's awesome that's that's amazing to hear because I know I mean so many players are getting hurt every day so to think that a lot of them, like a lot of people are in contract years or a lot of people are trying to get that first contract so I was curious yep. how that works
1: yeah for sure for sure yeah they take care of us for sure
0: All man. So, for the people who love your journey and want to follow more and see what's next for you, what influences you have on the whole soccer world coming up here soon, uh, where can people catch up with you?
1: Um, I try to uh, stay posted on social media, especially uh, Instagram. I'll let people know. Um, Nikki J. uh, And uh, it's Nikki J. And um, I think for the most part, Um, I'm one of those guys where I like to keep it, um, very low key until it's ready. So you just got to keep following me on uh, it's Nikki, I T I T S -S N I K I period J. And I think, um, yeah, there's some exciting news coming up very soon and I like to keep uh, my, like my followers up to date with what's going on and how my rehab's going and everything everything else in my life with my newborn baby she's three weeks now and just everything but yeah that's definitely where you you would want to keep up with me but for the most part i'm working hard i'm staying ready and i'm so excited for the next opportunity
0: awesome man well i will make sure to have your instagram handle posted in the show notes so people can find it there and everything like that and i'll post it on mine as well um any other message you have for young guns coming up through the system um on what to do. I mean, you didn't take the, well, you took a path that took you to the pros, maybe not the traditional path, maybe not the path that people kind of see in their heads when they think about becoming a pro. uh, Um, when they look at like the giant storylines. So Mm -hmm. what message do you have for everybody?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, and I love being able to have a platform to do this because, um, I definitely took a different path. And the one thing, uh, I would, I would, I would tell people, my dad's always told me is that, There's no right path, you know, and don't look at one person and say, "Damn, he did it this way." Dang, he did that way. And why am I not there yet? You know, like I, I went. Some one of some of my best friends went pro when I was when they were sixteen. I didn't go pro till I was twenty-two. You know, there's a different path for everything. There's a different path for everyone. So, the thing I the message I would send is keep working hard, be patient, be grateful be thankful for what you have and what you're doing and don't stop working because your opportunity will come. If you're prepared, it's not going to come like there will be an opportunity, but you need to make sure you're prepared. Just stay patient, keep working hard. And I promise you, if you stay on that path, things will turn up the way you, they should be. Awesome. And I think that's important for young people to understand because I think with social media today, they they're so attached to people's lives on social media that they, they forget that they're, they have their own life to deal with, you know, and I yeah. think with, you start to compare and starts to judge yourself. But in the, the day, social media is just a, a, a false reality of your own life, and I think at the end of the day, stay true to yourself, keep working hard, and I promise you, stay on your path and work hard and be patient, and it will come. Because it took me, my best friend, my roommate in academy, he went pro at 15. It took another seven years before I went pro, but it happened because I stayed, I stayed hardworking. I stay confident, pre- prepared, and dedicated, and it happens. So I think for all the young guns, just keep working. It will work out the way it should.
0: That's awesome, man. All right, man, well, I appreciate you having you on today. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up soon and everything like that. But if anyone needs anything else from you, like I said, I'll have your Twitter or your Instagram handle up on the show notes. If people need anything from me, you're already listening to the show, so you should know where to find me. But I am at Odyssey Performance PT on Instagram or info at OdysseyPerformancePT.com. And Until next time, guys.